ever think of something and you can't remember what it is? Well, I sure as hell can't remember. This is WBCS, Warm Beer in the Cheap Seats. I'm Casey. I'm with Big Mike, Sweet Melissa. Big Ed will be joining us soon. Welcome to the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Warm Beer in the Cheap Seats. It's a Friday night. Fun, fun Friday. We got a great show for you. And uh, we're going to get it going right now. Right meow. Right meow. We got spring training baseball, big NASCAR suspension, Bucks news. Some new shows that we've been watching. And we'll uh, throw some wrestling in there. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, the the eve of WrestleMania. So, you know, it's uh, the Super Bowl of wrestling, if you will. Or some would say that, you know, Super Bowl is the WrestleMania. WrestleMania of football. football. Yeah, Yeah, I can see that. So it's their their big thing. They just did uh, uh, the little Andre the Giant Battle Royale Memorial, and Mad Cat Moss takes the title. Shocking. <laughs> you sound thrilled. <laughs> I, I think that was a little anticlimactic yeah. climactic for me. Yep. So. Yep. <laughs> oh, well. Now, do you think Vince McMahon, Russell, first WrestleMania was 83, 84? Sounds about right. Do you think he ever imagined it being what it is today? No, no, because they knew then it was such a gamble. They didn't think. They were kind of putting a lot of eggs in the basket. And, uh, you know, but uh, they, they kind of captured the country's attention at the right time. They're able to get that crossover of pop music with Cindy Lauper. You had Mr. T, so you got a lot of TV and film, and and it helps that like it's all in Madison Square Garden, which is just a a uh, great uh, historic great historic, venue, historic venue. Um, and you know they started getting a lot of national publicity of you know television. So it it it, it was like all these things were hitting at the right time. And Mr. T was just coming off Rocky, which was was that Rocky three? Rocky three. Yeah. They also had the right characters. Oh, Anthem or something? They did they have had Andre the Giant, you know, who's a huge draw. Who, who well, was you a had local Hulk, guy. Hulk, Hulk, Hulk Hogan in his yeah. in his peak, but you had like a big John Stud, and you know, you had Snooker, like Slaughter, Slaughter, Snooker, Ricky, the Ricky Morocco. Steamboat. Then back to Morocco. Yes. Yeah, a lot of good ones. Yeah. And Hot Rod. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Rowdy Roddy Piper. Then then you get Bob Backlund, America's wrestler. Yes. So you, you entertaining guy. Uh, you're right on point there, Big Ed, because those are those are names. Those are Hall of Fame names. Yeah. Sure. I I only do a Hall of Fame type stuff. Yeah, you're a Hall of Fame kind of guy. That's me. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of it's cool to look back at that and look at the, the presentation, if you will, of the match. It looks so just – the word primitive comes to my mind as far as – Oh, the what, production yeah, value. Yeah, production value, sure. yeah, as compared to what we have today. But then that was state-of-the-art. That was – that was – top tits when it came to <laughs> what sport. Tits look like? 
That's mm. bad. <laughs> the Carolina leagues. Yeah. So it, it's and again, retired titties, ret- uh, sagging titties. Um, I think that's some of the charm of it too. To watch those old matches is the. the I think they have a lot of that stuff on Peacock. I haven't even gone through that whole. I, I was just going to ask you that that WWE Network has hundreds of hours of content. I'm sure you could watch every WrestleMania from match. Oh, you, oh, you can from match one to yeah, the oh, end. You can. Yeah, I think I'm on WrestleMania 10. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they have Royal Rumbles and all kinds. Yeah, they got all the the old pay-per-views. They have the Saturday night main events. Mm. You know, they they have Actually, um I guess I'll bring this up just because they were showing it on after Raw, but it dropped on the WWE network on Peacock. It's uh it's called WWE Evil. And it's a docu-series, uh, and it kind of focuses on just famous heels within the company. And um, so they had the Roman Reigns one I watched half of, which was pretty interesting. Uh, the only one I watched all the way through that Sweet Melissa and I watched was on Hulk Hogan. And that was fascinating because, you know, they spend some of the story talking about, you know, how he's the biggest baby face in ever the, in the industry. Yeah. And... <clears throat> You know, like he kept the same character, but just all of a sudden it just just wasn't going over as well. I mean, you, you had like an eight year run, not changing a thing. You just know, being saying Hulk his prayers, Hogan. eating yep. his vitamins, and mm-hmm. you know, saying his prayers or, or or whatever the shtick was, and the yellow and the red, and you know, hulking up and ripping through shirts, and or you gotta you know shake your head around and just really hulk up. Me, let me tell you something. <laughs> But then talking about, you know, he goes to WCW and and he decides to join the NTO. And they, they really didn't know to the last minute. Um, if it was actually going to happen. Yeah. And, you know, they even say like, well, changed Hulk's career and trajectory. And, you know, his heel turns like one of the most shocking ever. And, you know, for that time, no one can imagine Hulk, Hulk Hogan becoming a heel. Yeah. Being a bad guy. And everyone was crying. Yeah, the kids were crying. That's great when they show <laughs> the, the, awesome. the bash at the beach. Like kids are crying. That's awesome. Yeah, very upset adults. <laughs> that just shows you what an what an impact he had on so many people's lives. This just, it's professional wrestling. Yeah, it, it, it's entertainment. It's just fun. But he had that kind of he touched people like that, which I think is kind of cool. Yeah, it, 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 some people might think it's corny. But it's kind of neat that he was able to connect with people in that way. I think more so than any other professional wrestler up to that point. Probably more than a lot now. Yeah, so they, there's there's a couple more in there. There, I think there was 10 altogether. So it's something I'll, I'll go back to. Um, I'm intrigued by that. We talked about that at dinner prior to the show. Um, and I was saying I, I think the backstories of the heels – and the heels, I think it's more interesting. I mean, in my opinion, and it, I, what do I know? I'm not a professional wrestler, not even close. I think being a good guy, being a baby face would be a little easier than being a, a, a good heel. I mean, if you you got to turn or the crowd. You're just a jerk. Well, that, that's the whole idea of being a heel. You got to get the crowd. If you get the crowd to turn and boo you. No, I, for- I mean, if you're a jerk in general, maybe it's easier to be. 
I yeah, don't maybe. Think so I mean, I th- I don't know. Teasing, you know. All right, like for example, the Miz is possibly the best heel in the business right now. I mean, people lose their mind and get really irritated with him, but he gets a great reaction. He gets people chanting and selling, you know, you know, yelling stuff at him. He cracks me up. I but I he think- comes off as like you know off camera as i mean a little goofy like like a ham but a a nice guy right and i don't know maybe maybe that's a shtick yeah i think it's interesting we live in a time that the in professional wrestling the characters the the athletes can be the be themselves off camera out of the ring there was a time when they were expected to stay in character anytime in public Going back to the fifties and the sixties. Oh, well, up until it, the eighties. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, you, you didn't draw back the curtain at all. No, no. In professional wrestling, they kayfabed it all the way. I mean, they always say that's, that's some of the most impressive thing of like undertaker. He, you can never get him a break character. One of the best oh. clips you can find on YouTube is like, it's like a after dark, uh, raw episode. And Undertaker's out there with The Rock and Booker T. And the Booker T does a spin-a-rooney, and he's trying to do get Undertaker to do what they call the the, the Taker-rooney. <laughs> and, and he just won't do it. And, he, and this is like during his phase when he was the American badass. He right, had the Harley right. And stuff. Yeah, the Harley used to ride and, the bike down to the, the ring. So Rock's like, come on, people want to see it. Don't you want to see it, Seattle? You know, he's like... <laughs> Don't you want to see that take a runic, you know, and, and Undertaker, I mean, he's not smiling. He's just like, no, no, not going to do it. So Booker T does a spin a and then he's like, you know, does the fingers like, all right, now, you're now turn. your turn. And Taker's like, no way. And then, you know, music plays, then Triple H comes out. So Triple H runs out there and he's like. I know The Rock has never had any balls, but you, Undertaker, <laughs> you don't have the balls to do, you know, spin a Rooney or take a Rooney for these people here. You yeah, know, show Mike this after. And, I've seen it. It's hilarious. And, uh, you know, then, then Vince McMahon comes out. And he's, wow. So he does one that's just pitiful. <laughs> he just basically does like a half-assed somersault on the ground. I can see this. Yeah. Uh, you know, they all pretty much do it, um, except they, they never got Undertaker. Undertaker basically, like, chokeslams someone, and he gets on his Harley and just rides off. Rides off. off. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the best. Well, if, if I find a, a link, maybe I'll uh, hook it up onto the, the Twitter at Beer Seat so you guys can Did watch Did you know that the place. Undertaker drove the pace car last weekend? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Really? That's, at, at that's twice this year. Yeah, Big E. Did yep. the pace car at Daytona. Yep. And then you had Taker. Get at well, Coda. Biggie. That's so funny. Wait, does he break character now? Yeah, he's just Mark Calloway now. Okay. Yep. Okay. He, he's just a regular guy. As regular as a former WWE wrestler can be. Right. <laughs> and I watched a new Jackass movie on Saturday night. Yeah, we saw that in the theaters. What'd you think? It's on Peacock. Uh, <laughs> Already? It's on Peacock? Everything yeah. Wow. I feel like oh, to go to streaming. Uh, I thought I, they're they're ushering in a new generation of idiots. 
Because <laughs> those guys are getting but... beat up. I think Johnny Knoxville took his last whooping. You oh, think Knoxville's yeah. done? Yeah, that stunt with the bull was pretty. But even even that stunt with the uh, to getting shot out of the cannon was insane. <laughs> <laughs> He's supposed to be Icarus. He did the- <laughs> 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 he flied too close to the sun. He did spread his wings though. He did. Yeah, he for did. about for about he, he did for about a second and a half. He looked graceful. Then he just came down like a like a floundering, you know, idiot. I like how he didn't break his back on that. Just amazing. I mean, he's absolutely fearless in, in a sense of how he, he goes forward with those stunts. I, I laughed. Dude, I laughed he got shot out him. of a cannon. <laughs> he <just laughs> a cannonball. Yeah. Uh, Howard always, Howard Stern always talks about shot out of a cannon. No, no, no. Johnny Knoxville got uh, shot out of a cannon. Let me tell you something, something else about Johnny Knoxville. Good radio guy. He has a show on Outlaw Country on XM called The Big Ass Happy Family Jubilee. <laughs> He's had it for a few years. Yeah, and, like and he does a, he does a fantastic job. I, I think he, you know, multi-talented entertainer. Yeah, for sure. And yeah. That so, of his show is hilarious. Big Ass Happy Family Jubilee. There's actually a song. I can sing it for you, but I'm not going to. So, oh, speaking of case, if people want to get in touch with us about all the cool things we talk about week in and week out, how would they do that? Well, you can email us at the show at warmbeerandacheapseats.com if you want to, you know, ask for a shout out or show ideas or have a a bone to pick. What if you're in the Twitterverse? Well, then you go at, at Beer Seats right there on Twitter. Where you're going to see uh, that little link on the, well, the wrestling clip we'll watch after the show. Sweet. On the, the so, old Take-A-Rooney. Take-A-Rooney. So, hey, fans, go to go to our Twitter page. Our Twitter, you call it a page? I'm, I'm not very. No, it's just a handle. A, our handle. Yeah. Well, go to our Twitter account. Check us out. Four beer and cheap seats. Where was it's the beer seats? What's the new show that you said you started watching? I started watching. It's an A and E program called Secrets of Playboy. Oh, and that peel, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're peeling back the layers of which. No surprise. Dun dun dun. Hugh Hefner was a, a really weird perv. Go figure. But he's not a nice man. No, he's not. Listen, these poor girls and. If they, if you were if you lived in the mansion if you were one of have many girlfriends you had like seven at a time at one point and and it's it's strange in this not strange but interesting when all these girls talk about banging half he never used protection no bareback style he just come on girls you gotta and he banged really hot chicks up until his eighties you know I really liked watching he wielded a lot of power. A ton of power, and they talk about that. That's one of the, that's one of the, the underlying, ah, not underlying. One of the, one of the points in the story that Hafner had a lot of power, and he had a lot of money. I don't think he had as much money as people thought. I well, think he had. I think he at the end he was more rich in assets, but he was like cash poor, which happens to a lot of people out in that area. Because the lifestyle is expensive. And when you have 15 girls living in your mansion. Well, you haven't 
a magazine that no one buys anymore uh, and you know right it it, it that, that that whole industry changed <clears throat> i mean rapidly in the last decade he was alive he they couldn't even get around it so when i watch the girls next door mm -hmm. they talk like, about that they have uh holly madison on they have all the girls I meant to yeah i saw i think i did see that one with her she she's like you're brainwashed you know I love that show, but I love more that they didn't like they didn't really talk about sex, so I got to pretend it didn't happen. Oh yeah, yeah. Hugh wasn't banging him. But no, but some like, of it, I'm yeah. like, but do you think some of it though is like just sour grapes? Like I didn't get the fame and fortune I wanted. I don't know. Case. Like I had to fuck this old guy. Where's my fame and fortune? No, because nobody made him. Nobody made him. I, I I think I think these are very impressionable young women. And they got into a situation and they didn't know how to get out of it. Correct. Now, I think the ones that were actually, I feel probably worse for hey, They had were, to fuck their way out, you know? <laughs> well, you know what it is, Big Ed? They get in this situation and hey, they, now they're living living, living in a mansion. That, right. It, yeah. They got a $1,000 uh, yeah, allowance a week. Right? They're getting a ton of money. Yeah, and this is, you, you, what do you do now? You're, you're, you're living... This is pretty fucking cool. I got some money, but you know, Hef's an asshole, and I, I you know, I got to be in by nine o'clock. I, you know, I can't have a regular job because he gets jealous. Maybe it's that's just, why I don't know. Girls next door, because on there he was as sweet as could be. Well, it's funny you say that because Holly Madison mentions that he, he comes across as a sweet grandpa, but it's it's an act. Really? Yeah, that wasn't he. I think that's part of his person. I think that's part of his personality was that sweet kind of guy but there's also a flip side to that where i think he there was a dark side of hefner i was hoping when he got older that he really was just a sweet old man and no when just a pervy mean old man Aww. so they, they it's some of these it, it's they had the shannon twins i i wasn't they, they were on the first season of uh okay. girl next door. girl the girls next door it sounds familiar that was so long. And they actually were diagnosed with PST, uh, PTSD. PTSD. They were they, they are still dealing with it because of some of the. They were mega young, weren't they? Yeah, they were nineteen year old girls. Yeah, his mean, balls were so wrinkly uh, when yeah, I put them in my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> when I eat grapes now, I just yeah. Uh, I do remember. I can't eat a meatball. Yeah. <laughs> I can't eat raisins anymore. So it's an interesting show. I'm only four. I'm four episode full episodes in. I caught one episode where they had the Cos on there. Cosby was a good buddy. Yeah, he was. Hefner. He he was there all the time <laughs> because he's probably banging a bunch of chicks. Oh yeah. Uh, well, I think a couple of those chicks were part of the, you know, the lawsuits and stuff. Do you think those chicks? Did they say? Hey Bill, can you do Fat Albert when you bang me? Yeah. <laughs> I, I know. I guess. I guess they could have said that if they said it while they were sleeping. Wow. No, they oh, say ask for bush mouth. Hey, but Alba, how are you? He's like a bye, but dick, <laughs> oh yeah. yeah they're all there's like six of them or the characters are based on kids bill cosby grew up with oh. russell russell was his brother. his brother and there's bill who is him mm -hmm. uh, 
So this is all based. They base those characters on his childhood friends. True. Uh, fun fact: Fat Albert died of diabetes. Poor Fat Albert. Yeah. Started with a toe. All right. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, the the other guy that hung out all the time was um, Don Cornelius. Yes, they Soul mentioned Train. that. But... All right, all right. So Train. They said he like kidnapped these girls at the Playboy Club. Yeah. Really? Yeah. And uh, it was all sorts of weird stuff. Those are the girls I really fa- felt bad. The bunnies for. in the Playboy Club. The bunnies in the Playboy Club because no one was protecting them. Those no. were the ones that really got, I'd say, more victimized because they were just working a job. They weren't. You know, um, they weren't, they weren't playmates. These they were, weren't these playmates. Were, they weren't, these are women that had to make a living. Yeah. Yeah. And those girls got, uh, taken advantage of constantly. You know what? My dad was a member of the New York Playboy Club. Really? I, I still have his Playboy key. I got to dig it up, but I have his, wow. his club key and it has his number on it. Let's go. Let's go find a place. See if the key still works. I know. I don't know if there's any Playboy Club it's, still open. We're like, hey, Geraldo, we found Al Capone's treasure <laughs> right here with the Playboy key. How many play, where were these Playboys? They were the, the clubs were all like over the country. Club. They're like little nightclubs. Really? Yeah, like you know, they didn't have titty bars back then, and they didn't have any nudity in the clubs. They, you had the waitresses were dressed as bunnies. Oh. But what they were supposed to do, uh, they were supposed to play hoes. Yes. So they, they had to be, um, you know, be able to carry a conversation, be kind of flirtatious right. and fun and be the uh, girl next door. They were talking, I think the third episode. Yes. And they took the, the handbook to the, the, to be a bunny in the club. And that exactly like Casey said. Oh, I've seen that actually. Now that you're saying it. I didn't yeah. You had to give hand jobs. I'm sure that happened. Oh yeah. But actually the, the bunnies weren't supposed to mingle with the key holders, which were the club members. Yeah. Key holders is what they were called. So they, that, that is supposed to be off limits, but correct. I'm sure they must've talked about that on something I watched, but I didn't watch what you're watching. So, but my, yeah, I still have my dad's playboy club key. So, but they had a club in New York, New Jersey, the LA. Um, They had, I think that they're at their peak. They had something like 12 or 15 clubs across the country. Yeah, they had Las Vegas, any of the bigger cities. They had Playboy yeah. clubs. Hmm. No, they, they had them internationally too. Yes, I believe really? you're correct. Yeah, yeah, they had some European ones, and I think you actually had to put an application in to be a become a club member. So it, it wasn't just hey, you pay your fee and get in. I think you had to apply. So I have to ask my dad. I, ask I would my, say like yeah. the 1980s was the height of it. Yeah, late they, 70s, then, 80s. And then and then, then it, they started, you know, they couldn't keep up, you know. I think the culture was changing as, as oh, well. For sure. Culture change. Because going to those kind of clubs, I, I don't think that was in vogue as much as it was in the 60s, 70s. Listen, that guy never got out of the year 1969. No. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, that's maybe what true. that might have been the downfall. Not maybe, probably the downfall. He, he, uh, that as much as he he tried to, as much as he tried to play it off, he just was not in touch with the culture. Right after the sixties, mm-hmm. like even just, um, I don't know. He just had a, a different take on pop culture for sure. 
you know, they'd be like, Hey, we, we get even the, the writers that he would get to write for the magazine. You'd get like famous authors. Mm-hmm. They're all older from a bygone era. I could be making this up, but I feel like I saw something a long time ago that was he married? Oh, he's been he married was, he, several times. But yeah. no, but one time, wasn't he married and like she died or something and they were married for a long time? I could be making it up. No, I, I think he divorced all his wives. He divorced, he had his first wife who was not a bunny. Yeah, I think you're confusing him for an upstanding citizen. <laughs> I think I might be. And then he, his, his second marriage that was likes pork bellies. Playmate. Because he was in love with this lady. But I'm probably, it's maybe a, a book, a random book that I'm talking about. Could be fiction, yeah. a work of fiction. A work yeah. of fiction. It's me working on fiction. Gotta be. I think you are a creative museum. <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, it's Mushmouth. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Wonder if the cause ever. Shit used up, it. Dick. <laughs> Shit up, Dick. <laughs> I do love you. Hey, there's someone I work with has a little T-shirt that he's gonna make one for us. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wow. It's gonna be a frog saying "Shit up, Dick." <laughs> That's awesome. Repeaty. <laughs> Repeaty. That would be something Repeaty would totally say. <laughs> yeah. If Repeaty could talk. He's something else. Nope, but he sure can't swim. So, Casey, uh, how was spring training this week? Did you get to some games? We, I, I got to two games this week. Um, uh, you, know, I, you know, I'm here in Tampa, so Yankees do their training here. So, I'm obviously getting to watch a lot of Yankees. and I do wear my Rays gear, and I get people look at me. Oh, but, I'm sure you do. But that's half the fun, I think. I went, all right, so saw Yankees-Phillies. Uh, Takeaway with that, so uh, you got Universal DH. Phillies DH is Kyle Schwarber, who they signed as a free agent. Um, first at-bat, uh, struck out looking. Hmm. Second at-bat, struck out looking. So first two at-bats, your designated hitter. This is a guy that replaces a bat in your lineup. Mm-hmm. Struck out without swinging his bat. Third at bat, he's just struck out. So I, I'm like, ah, oh, you swung your bat, you know? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, Jesus Christ. At least the pitcher makes contact with the ball when he hits. Yeah, they're like, oh, this is going to prove the game. I'm like, the guy's 0 for 3, three strikeouts, and he only swung the bat once. I'm like, this, this is your designated hitter. I'm like, <laughs> my God, you, I, I could find a homeless guy that's making uh, a, a cross out of palm fronds on the corner of Hillsborough. And Lois right now and that do can a better make job. contact. No, seriously, I can't. The guy looks like he's got good eye hand control. Well, if um, he's making crosses with palm front, palm fronds, no palmettos. Yeah, know, yeah, those, yeah, yeah. You know, hey, it's almost Palm Sunday. Yeah, those little palm frond things. Anyways, <laughs> it's Easter season, everyone. No, the, those the that's a plant, the palmetto. Yeah, it is. I know what you mean. All right. I, anyways, 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 I digress. Uh, so, uh, yeah, you know, DJ LeMayu looks good. Stanton looks like a guy he can't wait to get on the DL. Um, I mean, he hit a ball and just looked at it 
as a bouncer on the outfield, and then he realized it was fair. Then he jogged the first. Why wasn't he running? He was just looking at it. I guess he thought it was going foul. Contact and run. Well, yeah. I mean, the the guy's going to be hurt anyways. He's going to miss at least 80 games this year. Um, You know, Judge just uh, could be more imposing, but everyone on the team's hurt around him, so he's kind of by himself. But LeMayu's the best hitter on the team. Um, The pitching, we'll see. I did see – uh, Araldus Chapman, a.k.a. the Cuban Missile Pitch. Uh, he, he might be all right. I, I don't think he's as intimidating as he was. Uh, the other game I saw was against the Blue Jays. The Blue Jays are going to be a threat. Now, the Yankees are going to bully bad teams in the league because they have that ability with their lineup still to somehow muster six, seven runs against a bad team. I think the Yankees' problem is when they face a team that actually has pitching and defense, the Yankees aren't going to be as good. And I I hate to break it to you, Yankees fans. That's just the reality. You're an 85-win team. That's it. That's all I see. I just see him winning 85 games. I'll mark it. April 1st, no joke, 85 wins for the Yankees. You're going to be looking at a wild card at best. No, they're going to be looking at another team they're, like the wild card. That's what I mean. They're going to be looking yeah. at the wild card. Yeah. yeah. That's no, the no. closest they'll get. I, I agree. Uh, the Blue Jays are a better team if one or two pitchers develop this year. The Blue Jays. They're like one pitcher away from, from being dominant. Uh, Every year they've gotten better the last six years. They looked really good. I mean, everyone on that team can hit. Uh, they looked really impressive. As a Rays fan, I'm very concerned about the Blue Jays because I know as far as the Rays and the Blue Jays go, the Blue Jays have a chip on their shoulder against the Rays because we have – uh, absolutely dominate them for the last like five, six years. So I, I know they want a piece of us real bad this year. So it's, it's not going to come easy. So I got one more game uh, next week. Uh, I'm not sure I'm going to see, but I know it's the Yankees and it's going to be a day game. And then uh, right around the corner, I, I think the seventh is opening day. So well, day we'll, that we thought would never come. Yep. And there it is. Uh, long before anyone uh, had picked it, if I, I'll go back and look up the dates here. So that's kind of my spring training report. Um, oh, yeah, and the, the Mets, uh, their top pitcher, DeGrom, has a shoulder issue, which could be real bad. Shol- hurting your shoulder in spring is not a good sign to uh, having a long season, and they're saying Scherzer might already have a hamstring issue. Um, so – We'll, we'll, we'll see how that all plays out. Ah, opening day baseball. Subway Slam said July-ish. Big Mike had no answer. I said June 10th. And Big Ed said before All-Star. So um, I guess Big Ed's the only real winner because it was before the All-Star game. So There you have it. Again, Hall of Fame answer. His wife is alive and 96 years old, and she divorced him because of infidelity. Wait, 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 wait. You're telling me the guy that ran Playboy was not faithful? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Go figure. No, that's not the surprising part. I was just being silly about it. Yep. Oh, they were not married yet, which that doesn't matter. He had to put his cock in a wheelchair because he couldn't – Hold it up anymore. 
All right, now that's a good time for a sound effect. Right after <laughs> yeah. that. A cock in a wheelchair <laughs> sound effect. What sound effect would it be a cock in a wheelchair? Yeah. Big <laughs> There you go. That's it going away. There it is. <laughs> Wait a minute. They both cheated on each other. They were perfect. Tit for tat, as they say. <laughs> and tat for tit. So, so do we go to uh, more sports drama in Tampa real quick? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. Let, right, let's so. keep. Let's keep it going. As, as it's unfolded here in Tampa, you, you can't just have a relaxing evening as things break late in the evening with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No, because it'll be on the news, on your phone, everywhere. It was like 9 o'clock at night. Also, my phone's blowing up. Bruce Arians retired. And uh, a little shocked, a little surprised by it. And then, you know, obviously you have like Mike Florio's like, oh, Tom Brady made him retire. Uh, no, um, I think maybe he had a health scare and uh, or just didn't want to go through the stress of it. I mean, sure. when he landed Tampa for his job interview, he had to meet a cardiologist at Tampa. All right, I remember that. Yeah. So that, I, you know, that's a stressful job being a head coach in the NFL. I read where um, before Brady. He's not going far, though. He's only just going up the front office. That's all. Yeah. So he's still going to be involved. And he said, I, I might only do this for one year and then really retire. So, Why not? What has he got left to prove? That's even what he said. Yeah, just one more games. That's all I can do. He he said, you know, with Tom Brady coming back, what inspired him was like I can set up Todd uh, or Todd, you know Todd Bowles to be in a good position to win. He he want he wanted that promotion, and they're kind of going, hey NFL, you know, I know we got a Rooney Rule, and you're supposed to interview, you know, two minority play. But the Bucs were like, look, we're going to hire a guy that's always been our game plan. He's going to be the fourth African-American head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And it's also going to help the image of the league overall. So the league's going to be like, all right, that works They're, for they're us. just going to green light it. They're, they're going to green light it. So here's the thing. I understand that before Brady signed on, he already knew this was going to happen. This was already, oh, really? already in the works. So I don't think this is huh. – I, I think – it wasn't. It's a surprise to the rest of us, but not to the management of the I Tampa hope Bay Buccaneers. So, Tom Brady, actually. So, well, you know, I, I don't think really changing anything in the coaching staff. You know, Todd Bowles is still going to do his thing. Uh, he's maybe a good coach. Tom came back. I just realized you all probably realized this, but maybe he was like, "Oh yeah, I should give Todd Bowles a." You know what I mean? Um, I don't know. Uh, well, we're going to have to wait for, you know, they, they have something on ESPN Plus called, you know, Man in the Arena. It's going to cover all the seasons of Tom Brady. They'll eventually get to that season. They what? had a press conference today, I think, or yesterday. Uh, yeah, yesterday, where, you know, they announced uh, oh. Bruce's retirement and then um, – you know, Todd Bowles came out and was formally introduced as the the new head coach. Uh, you know, they promoted uh, uh, Foot and Rogers as the co-defensive coordinators. So um, that's an interesting take. But two two good defensive minds, and they've been around coaching for a long time, both of them. So again, nothing changes there. The offense still going to be run by 
Byron Leftwich. We still have the best coach team in the NFL. Um, they'll be fine. I, I think so. They'll I don't be think fine. anything changes. They said, in fact, the Vegas lines absolutely did not change. Hmm. That's how go. much confidence everyone has. In, and the coaching staff of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, the Bucs were a team that was not stable for many years, and uh, now they're like look as a very stable franchise, even though that almost Tom Brady retirement really could have thrown a little wrench in the whole thing. Yep. So, so we're, we're still a little ways away. You know, we got the, the draft coming up probably actually, I think at the end of the month, you'll have the NFL draft and then, you know, uh, rookie camps. And next thing you know, we'll be preseason football. You'll have a re, uh, the USFL will be coming back, uh, sometime this month. I don't know how that will last. I, I don't know. I'm going to tell you, I'm not quite interested. You know what? I'm not either. I'm going to be all in on, on baseball. So well, I don't feel like they're doing anything to help. Like I've not seen or heard of any like advertising or excitement around it. Yeah, they, You'll it, see some tonight because we we got we're Fox, Fox and no, Fox. They already had, they already had two commercials. Well, it's because it's on Fox. But, well, and during the NASCAR but, races. But no one's talking about, like, if you put on Jim Rome Sports, he's right. not talking about well, it. I don't think they're – I've seen those advertisements. To me, they're more like you could just put up a poster and – It's it it's Fox. TV. Fox is Fox is pushing it on all their sporting um, events, all their sporting te- television. During the NASCAR races, there's at least three USFL advertisements. Are they good? No, I I don't know if good is. Uh, they, I think they're just trying to get it out there, just trying to get people interested to watch it. That's getting it in front of sports fans. All right, so big sporting event this weekend. You know, you got the final fall for basketball. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to bring this up to bring up something else, and we'll get back to uh, uh, something I wanted to ask okay, Big Mike sure. about. All right, so this weekend, final four basketball, and in the final four, granted, this is Coach K's last season. Going against UNC. This UN- is the first time ever. First time ever. UNC and Duke. It's it's almost poetic. Oh, Here, tomorrow, right? Tomorrow night. Okay. Uh, and I might have to be doing a baseball draft exactly. and WrestleMania's on. There's busy a lot night. of st- busy night. Busy, busy night. This is where I wish I had multiple TVs. Kind of like room. Elvis had. Yes. Elvis was ahead of his time. He was. He, had- he needed satellite and cable. He just didn't have it. Nope. <laughs> You know, it's like uh, Da Vinci drawing the helicopter and didn't know how to make it happen. Anyways, so you would see Duke playing. So important, country star Eric Church just told his fans, hey, I know you're supposed to – you took time off to go see me in this concert this weekend. I'm canceling the show. I'm sorry. To watch the game. I like UNC, and I have to watch the game. Hey, he didn't. Wow. He's not rescheduling. He canceled. Canceled. Holy shit. Canceled the show. I was like, that's damn. A bit much. That guy's got balls on him. That is, that's ballsy because you can piss and off. Rude. You pissed off all these fans that were going to come see him in concert. Like, I, like, I, and he, he's, he's on like an arena tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we're not talking about like a, a bar. He probably can't afford a DVR. Well, I was going to say, just don't talk. Correct. Don't, don't tell me about it. La, 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 la. Or play music real loud. No one could hear, you know, Correct. people telling you the score. And then watch it in your tour bus afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I Fucking wow. shocked. That is insane. That is insane. I, I think that's. 
that takes weird. that takes big big balls, and that's almost that that's could de- be detrimental to his career. I wouldn't do, if I was a performer. I wouldn't do that. If, I would never do that. As if a I was a fan of him, I would have been so pissed. I would have been pissed too, yep. because you know, think about it. We're we all like music, and it, it, if you're going out to see your favorite performer, and you you saved your money, bought the ticket, took the time off if you had to take time off. And you're amped up. Be my favorite anymore. No, it'd be it it would it would be a big blow. That's kind of disappointing. Yeah, very disappointing. Big Ed, what if you were about to see Iron Maiden and they canceled because they had to go see, uh, you know, whatever? They go see. uh, Hey, my Alba. (laughs) (laughs) I'd be pissed, but I, I I wouldn't expect that from Iron Maiden. They, they're very much into their fans. But so much if, so that they have their own 747 to get from city to city. But what if they did, Big Ed? What if? We're playing the what if game. Yeah. Yeah. Does your love for me... Well, let's say they want to watch a basketball game. There's the reason. You know, I used to have a friend that would tell me, what if? What if your aunt was your uncle? I'm like, well, nowadays... I'm like, She'd have a dick. Actually- she would have a dick, but nowadays that can actually happen. It Wait, could. What do you mean? The what one, if your aunt was wrong? She'd have a dick. <laughs> it's a saying. Yeah, it's a saying. It's a saying, you know. Because if somebody keeps what if in you. <laughs> it's like a fucking octopus. They change. That's that's what that's your that's your retort to somebody who's what if in the shit out of you. Yeah. What if my aunt was my uncle? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, whatever. Like, like, well, let's just worry about the what's happening. What's now. happening now? That, not the what ifs. Yeah. But big ad, what if? Yeah, what if? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's as much as an answer. I guess that's all. That's all we're gonna get, everyone. The soundboard ladies, sounds great though tonight, ladies and gentlemen. The new and improved soundboard. Look, Iron, Ma- Iron Maiden is just not a good example. They just would not do that. Pick the band; it doesn't matter. It's There's just an example. Not a lot of good examples. I can think of oh. probably like a an, an an early '90s Guns N' Roses would have probably done that, or an Axel. Right. I think as a performer, that's very that's very. It's not only rude that you're really full of yourself. That's really. Yeah. That's arrogant. Yeah, That's an fun. arrogant move. I could see Alice Cooper doing that, like to see some kind of golf tournament. <laughs> what happened? Alice Cooper. <laughs> He's like, hey, the Masters around this uh, uh, Sorry, can't perform. But I you know forgot. what? Alice Cooper probably got the fucking brains to just not schedule anything that week. Exactly. Play. Dummy. Look at a calendar. But I feel like that he is saying, I my fans... Like without my fans, I would be just fine, which is obviously not true. Correct. That that's for anybody in entertainment or sports. Mm-hmm. The fans are what pay your paycheck. Yep. So very disappointing, Eric Church. You disappointed me. Yeah. Me yeah. Too. It's disappointment. That's as bad as uh, Will Smith bitch slapping Chris Rock. Yeah, that was weird. The first time I saw it, 
I thought it was all staged, but then when Will Smith kept yelling from the crowd, I'm like, I think he really is. So did he? I, I didn't see. I didn't see I the either. the award ceremony. I, I got up. What was it? Tuesday morning and saw it on the morning news. Yeah. That's what happens when you're surrounded for the last 30 years with the yes man and you're so great and you know yeah boss yeah boss well no it's 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 still a weird take cuz they're a weird family that puts they put way too much out there who the Will Smith family the whole Smith family they they just put way too much out there in the public eye like too much information and Chris Rock First off, it, it was something that was probably written for him to say, and it was just a throwaway joke. That That's was, a good point that I have thought about. It, it was a dumb joke, but you know what? It filled time. And most of it, look, I haven't watched the Oscars in years because it just hasn't been good TV. And that would happen over the weekend is not good TV, by the way. But it's not good. It's not. Look, it takes four hours. I just want to see the best picture, best director, best actor, best actress, supporting actor, supporting actress. That's it. Give me that. I I know there are people that make costumes and they do editing, but you know what? I don't give a shit. However, if we're going to show it, then next week, I want an award ceremony for the insurance industry. I want to know the best door-to-door salesman, the best salesman that sold auto policies, the best fire policies because you know what all it is it's a fucking award show for an industry that we're not a part of what about the best 90% of it is like insider trading that we have no part of it's them just giving each other a fucking hand job the whole night there you go I was going to throw the hand job reference in there well done that is so out of touch with what goes on in the real world well absolutely out of touch you know Nate they make it a you know, everything's a fucking political statement. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, listen. I don't care let, about your no, politics. I don't care about your politics because all you do is pretend. Your industry's job is to pretend. That's all you're good at. You're good at playing pretend. You're just good at playing pretend? A fucking three-year-old. David Spade has a great uh, bit about talking about acting. He's like, acting's not hard. He's like, I can't go in the NBA and play against LeBron and be the MVP in a season and not never playing basketball. But an eight-year-old who's never act can be in a movie and win best Oscar. And by the way, look, the biggest crime wasn't that, oh, sure, Will Smith uh, hit Chris Rock. I think Chris Rock is a comedian. You have to say something back. Uh, We go over that in a second. But Will Smith won best actor? That's your best actor? The Fresh Prince was the best actor last Fresh year. Fresh Prince of Bel Air, better than Harvey Bardem. No, that that's that. Me, if I was gonna have a hot take, because everyone's got a hot take, I would be that. I I was more shocked that he'd win because he he's the same fucking actor and everything. Mm, there you go. Right, look, no offense. Look, he saved he's the same asshole that smacked Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah. Look, don't get me wrong. He, there's like 30 movies that he saved the country and the world, and I'm grateful for him then. Thanks, Will Smith. <laughs> and that one with Gene Hackman, when they, they're like, you know, trying to hide from the, the, the CIA, that's a great one. Enemy of the State, love that. That's a fun movie. Well, it's probably more because of Gene Hackman. I digress. <laughs> Look, if I'm Will Smith yelling out, you know, get your wife's name out of your mouth, 
Chris Rock had to respond. He didn't. What do you respond, Big Ed? I can't get the taste of it out of my mouth. But there you go. Hmm. Big Mike? And then you finish with this. Why don't you get... <laughs> I, 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 You know, why don't you get my dick out of your mouth? Oh. See, I... I had a, a variation of that of okay. like, um, I can do that as soon as your wife gets her mouth off my cock. I don't okay. know, something like That's... that. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Something like that. What's that? The game show we like, Match Game. Oh, Match Game. That's what this reminds No, not Match Game. Yeah. Okay. But again, yeah, match it, game. you know, honestly, long, didn't you make this point yeah. earlier? Will Smith, he's a comedian too. He should know. Boy, he's a comedic actor. He's, but yeah, but yeah, was but, he was he stand up before he did? I don't think so. No, no. he was no, just no. he was just the, no, the, the a, Fresh uh, Prince. A musician. He's a rapper, musician. Rapper, yeah, musician. Rapper. He's just a comedic actor. But I mean, it's shitty that they left a comedian on stage to get attacked. I mean, I think it just emboldens assholes. Out well, there. assholes that go to comedy clubs that are like, well, I guess I could walk on the stage and like slap a comedian. Yeah. Right. As a comedian, that's his job. He's doing his job. And like you said, it's probably something that was already written. He's just going through it. I mean, I'm sure Chris Rock's mind is um, he just wants the show to go on. It put him in a really, really tough position. position, Yeah. And he, he took the high road and it makes him look bad. What has he said since this incident? Not Anything? much. No, because, well, again, here it is. He's he's trying to line up this uh, hour special he's about to do. So he's on the tour and, you know, it's going to get released soon. And now everyone wants him to talk about that. He's like, I just prepped an hour long show of new material. I don't want to talk about that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with he's him. He's like, this is stuff I've written and rehearsed. He's like, I'll get to that later on. But right now he's like, it, Will Smith it, it just... Fucked him. I mean, absolutely fucked him. I don't know. It. I think he still looks better in the situation. From what I'm hearing. I don't think Will Smith has done anything to improve his situation. You know, after doing that. I mean, people... He didn't look real good. No, it was very strange. Um, and then his, then his very teary acceptance speech. Yeah. Oh, really? No, yeah, he was all. Yeah, and he basically, he's like, well, you know, you do crazy things for family. And he was trying to tie the two together. Yeah, he's he, he's, he's trying to justify what he did. I think it sounds like he really is too fucked up. So, hmm. I wonder how many producers were, oh, let's just scratch him off the list now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because they don't, they don't want the heat. Or is publicity? Oh, and and Die has a point. Apologize to everyone but Chris. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah, he, he, yeah, he didn't acknowledge Chris Rock at all in the apology. Who did he acknowledge? The Academy. Oh, the Academy. The, all, all uh, the, 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 the the people he was in the movie with. Look, like, well, you didn't fucking slap them. Mm. Feeling without seeing it, I've heard the clips, but I've not seen them. 
I have a feeling something was going on in the background with Will Smith and his wife. I wouldn't doubt that. That caused him to act irrationally. Do you know what I mean? Could be. It just seems... She was cheating on him. Well, I mean, they, they acknowledge that, though. She's a weird lady. Mm-hmm. So so there you go. That's the Hollywood Minute. Yeah. On where I've got more work. hair than she does. <laughs> and of course you do. Big Ed. <laughs> so, Probably on one ass cheek. <laughs> Big Mike, explain to me what, what, what's happening in NASCAR because uh, it sounds like Kozlowski was in a, a little bit of trouble. Yeah. What, what happened? So after the race – uh, not last week, but the week before, car went back to the NASCAR will randomly take three cars back to the R and D center. Right. They'll take the winning car, and then they'll take a Chevy, a Ford, and a Toyota, and they'll tear the cars down just to see, keep everybody honest, and make sure nobody's cheating or stepping, at, you know, overstepping rules or or overstepping their bounds. With this new car that's come out, NASCAR has made it so there are severe penalties for going into the gray area of the rule book. There's no such thing anymore. Uh, The cars are now built with single source components, meaning each team gets, say, for instance, there's one company manufacturing all the body panels. So they're unique to the car, whether it's a Chevrolet, a Ford or a Toyota. Uh, of course, the teams have all the engines are unique to the manufacturers, but suspension components, transmissions, uh, transaxles in this case, because the transmission rear axle are one component yep. now, um, roll bars, chassis, all this stuff is single source manufacturer. And NASCAR said, don't you touch anything. Don't, don't get any ideas. Mm. So Keselowski's car was the Ford that went back to the uh, R&D center. They found a panel that was modified. I have not yet been able to find out what panel, where it was located in the car. Right. But the panel was not as it was manufactured by the supplier. So NASCAR hit Keselowski, the race team. Um, He took a 100-point deficit which took him from 16th in the points to 35th. Holy crap. Um, team was fined $100,000. Mm. His crew chief was suspended. For how long? Uh, I believe it is a four-race suspension. Wow. So NASCAR, they had to, I think NASCAR has made an example out of this, whether it was a small modification an inadvertent modification. I think NASCAR had to take a stand here to show that they're not soft. Inadvertent. Meaning that maybe they didn't mean that to happen. Oh, wait, that that we, we slipped up when we we're putting it together. We didn't mean for that component to get damaged, altered, touched, fondled in the way that it did. Oh, okay. So okay. I think NASCAR is saying, okay, everybody, see what happens when you fuck with shit? Right. You're, you're going to be in deep trouble. So this put all the teams on notice. And unfortunately for Brad Keselowski, uh, his championship hopes, which they weren't great going into this season, are even bleaker. He would have to, to qualify for the championship, he'd have to win a race. Yep. 
being the, uh, so you either to go to the championship at 16 cars, 16 drivers. Yep. You either have to be a winner or in the top 16 in points. Uh, there has not yet been 16 winners in the season. So there are guys that get, get in on points. Um, even if Keselowski were to win a race, he'd have to be in the top 30 in points to qualify for the championship mm. right now. 35th in points. Not so, not so good. Not so much. So yeah, big, big news in NASCAR, big shake up there. Uh, and as far as I know, I don't think the team is contested the, the suspension. The suspension. Wow. There's been, there's been suspensions over wheels coming off race cars. That's, uh, what do you think that's about? I think NASCAR's just tired of it. There's not five lug nuts anymore. It's one lug nut. Just it, get the damn lug nut tight. So Bubba Wallace's car at Circuits of America. Uh, in the replay, you saw the lug nut come off the race car and then the tire come off the race car. So his jack man, his tire changer, and his crew chief suspended four races. Well, look, if you're if you're a tire guy, you have one job. One job. Yeah. Tighten the damn lug nut. Right. It's I mean, one lug nut now. Yeah, just one. But, I mean, it's, it's all torque and, you know, you're not – you're not on the side of the road, like hand tighten it. It's not like in a Christmas. You got story. a you, you got a pneumatic tool that's putting instant Correct. power. How the hell is that not tight? I, I don't know how they not get it tight enough. That that's a good question. I get to see. Oh, Melissa has her hand raised. I'm sorry. Why would somebody want that as their crew chief, though? Anyway. What what? Want someone who can't put a tire on? Well, the crew chief's not the one who's doing it. It's, no, it's it would be the, someone an underling. It, but it he's probably like a tire a, changer. But, but he's also probably a mechanic in the shop too. Some of the guys are, but some of these guys are just yeah, they strictly like strictly. A, there's just strictly what they call the road crew. There's just strictly um, they try out for pit it. crews, and that's the you know it's funny you say that. Listening to NASCAR radio this week, they talk but about smaller teams. Oh no, smaller teams. Yeah, you, you, it's like the old days. Yeah, you're a fabricator. Yeah. Or or a mechanic. You're a mechanic fabricator. And that's how it was. Yeah. yeah. You're a fabricator in the shop or a mechanic in the shop. Then you also you're the pit crew on the weekend. With the bigger teams, the the Hendrick, the Joe Gibbs, the any of the big teams anymore. Even the even the smaller of the big teams, like this week's winner from Alva, Florida. Where? Ross Chastain. Yeah. The watermelon man smashed the watermelon after the race. He's from Alva. It's uh, I what county is it in? It's 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 like uh, down by um, it's near Bradington, down yeah. that way. So his team, Trackhouse Racing. I'm sure Trackhouse has strictly, and they're one of the smaller of the Smart. better funded teams. They're kind of mid level team. They have probably dedicated pit crew. But now, uh, this week, talking on NASCAR radio, this was an interesting take on it. You've now taken, who do you have pit in your car? Or who do you have in sports in general? On on the big day of your event, you have your best people. Right. You've just suspended your best people. Your, your jackman and your tire changer. Wow. So you're going to your second stringers, if you will. To fill their place, but is that? But is that always a bad thing? It may not be. Sports. It may not be a bad thing because no. these guys may be getting an opportunity to prove themselves. Now, if you're in New England and you have Drew Bledsoe as your quarterback, you're like that guy's the man. Mm-hmm. He goes down. Now, what do you do? Well, next man up, 
It's this chump from Michigan, Tom Brady. Listen, you just never know. You never sometimes. know. Sometimes the next man up is the next is guy. the next guy. Yeah, Wally Pip was the starting, uh, starting first baseman for the Yankees for a long time. He wasn't well. He sat down. He didn't play ever again. Guy named Luke Garrett came off the bench and played another two thousand games. Or it could go the other way. Right. So you, you, you never, never know. know. Yeah. But I know. Usually it says it, the quality. The quality is going to go down a little. And, and not necessarily experience. You may have quality people, but they may not have the experience right. at that level. Yeah. But I think it'll be interesting to see what happens. But again, NASCAR has gotten to the point where they're not playing games anymore because they played games in the past with race teams. Fudging well, race. it's it's a safety issue. You it is a you safety can't have issue. like tires rolling no, around and... because you know that that can hurt fans. That can hurt other participants. You get someone killed out there. Absolutely. But how is that your first string though? That can't tighten the lug nut. Not that. Well, it, 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 Melissa, there's a there's a lot of, a lot going on. It could be an issue with the impact wrench. Could be an issue with timing because they're timing with the jack going down on the race car. You're tightening the lug nut. You're dropping the jack. Maybe the car left a little too soon. Right. Because okay. the the driver's waiting on the jack man to drop the jack. That's when he knows. That's his signal. Go. It's time to go. So. So the timing's not right. There, that could have happened. There's there's a number of things. And guess what? They're human beings. Mist- mistakes are going to happen. Well, and that's the part that I feel like if it's a mistake, it's a mistake. Like, we all make mistakes. But that's also the, that's the, that's the awesome part about sports. Yeah. It's... It, you're having to perform at such a level. Yeah. These are just, they're regular humans like you and I doing great things, whether it's in NASCAR in the WWE and baseball or in football or in basketball, but they're still humans and mistakes can happen. So I think that's part of the intrigue is like watching and seeing, seeing, are they superhuman? No, they're not. They're just like you and I. So a lot of a lot of interesting things happening in NASCAR. Uh, we go to short tracks this week. Yep. So this starts a little short track run, and for the first time, so we got Martinsville, great track. Bristol. Uh, we got Richmond. We got Richmond this weekend. Martinsville, and then Bristol on the dirt on Easter Sunday. Wait, they don't normally. They no. don't. This is the first time. I was going to say, usually they have that and Mother's Day off. Correct. No more. Mm. Interesting. They're racing Easter Sunday. I think it's kind of cool because mm. Easter Sunday, that's a that's that's a big black hole on TV. Yeah, you got to like stare at your family. Yeah, yeah. That's only that's good for a little bit while you're eating some chocolate bunnies and some ham. Yep. So, there's your NASCAR minute from warm beer in the cheap seats brought to you by big Mike. Excellent. Very WBCS. Good. WBCS. Well, um, I guess we, we've been about that time. It's about that time, boys and girls, the time you've been waiting for the highlight of our show. Our friend and yours. Big Ed's rock and roll, roll retrospective. All right. Hi, everybody. Thanks, guys, for this. Uh, I'm keeping with the uh, guitarist theme. And I went with Stevie Ray Vaughan, Couldn't Stand the Weather. 
released May 15th, 1984. Uh, it was a power station, New York City, genres, blues, rocks, 38 minutes long. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble and Richard Muller are the producers. Couldn't Stand the Weather is the second studio album by American blues rock band Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble. Uh, released at Epic Records, the follow-up to the band's critically, commercially successful 1983 album, Texas Flood. Recording session took place in January of 84 at Power Station in New York City. The album, like I said, was released in May of 84 and received mostly good reviews. It was, however, criticized for lack of original material. This album was another commercial success for Stevie Ray Vaughan, selling a million copies within five weeks. It did what you would want a sophomore album to do. It outperformed the first album, Texas Flood. Went platinum twice, selling more than 2 million copies, and peaked at 31 of Billboard's top 200 charts. Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble are Stevie Ray Vaughan on guitar and vocals. Tommy Shannon, bass guitar. Uh, by the way, this guy Tommy Shannon played with Johnny Winter at Woodstock. He's, uh, he's no novice at this. And joined Double Trouble in 81. Chris Layton, the drummer, he uh, plays drums. He's been with Stevie Ray Vaughan since 1978 and also formed the supergroup Archangel with Tommy Shannon. Uh, he now plays drums for Kenny Wayne Shaper, uh, Shepard. Excuse me. Additional musicians that helped us out was Jimmy Vaughn, Stevie's older brother, playing rhythm guitar. Uh, Fran Christina played drums on Stang Swang and Stan Harrison, tenor saxophone on uh, Stang, uh, Stang Swang. Hey, this, this guy's no slouch either. He's played with the who's who from the 60s to present day. Uh, we got eight tracks. I told you 38 minutes. Scuttle button, couldn't stand the weather, things that I used to do. Voodoo Child, Cold Shot, Tin Pan Alley, Honeybee, and Stay and Swing. Steve Ray Vaughan originals are there are four songs, the others are uh, blues staples. This is a real blues album with an edge. Opens with Scuttle Button, an instrumental that sounds like a finger warm-up that leads to something great. A good sound with, with uh, Ray Vaughn showing his jazzier side. They roll into the title track, Couldn't Stand the Weather. One of my favorite songs. Features a decisive clinic of sorts. And in strategic stops by uh, drummer Layton in between. The song has great rhythmic movement and well-placed chord changes under classic Steve Ray Vaughn vocals, along with two back-to-back -back leads that showcase Vaughn's incredible talent. The next track is an old blues tune, Things I Used to Do, by the great Eddie Jones, a.k.a. Guitar Slim of New Orleans. Rolling Stones, top 500 songs that shape rock and roll. Up next is Jimi Hendrix's Voodoo Child, and this version is a scorcher, with Tommy Shannon putting on a clinic with the bass and just walks it. I mean, the sound is thunderous and makes you want to pick up a bass and start playing to keep Stevie afloat. This is probably as good as Hendrix did it. Puts the double trouble seal of approval. Then right into Cold Shot, probably the most recognized song off this eight-track gem. This is definitely wrote for the radio and still gets plenty of airplay as we speak. A simple blues rock with a catchy riff and uh, shows Leighton and Shannon the true pros that they're keeping Stevie sounding good with a proper foundation to let the guitar dance on. Another blues tune by Robert L. Gettings, a nine-minute uh, slow blues song that could have been six minutes shorter. Another Steve Ray Vaughan original, Honeybee, a 50s rockability type song with silly lyrics that really shows Tommy Shannon keeping his song alive 
with a thriving bass riff with a little bit of that Shannon thunder. The closer Stang Swang is more like a cool down from all the jamming. Another instrumental with catchy riffs, nice alto sax, and great drum fills. A jazz tune for the lack of a better description. Not a bad closer. Overall, a good album still stands the test of time. I remember the first time I heard this one was at the original J.J. Higgins. And the bartender would put this on or ZZ Top the Guay or whenever the live music took a break. And I was blown away at what, what a cool sound it was. And in Korea, we played it nonstop. So this was with me for some time. I've never really stopped listening to it. The Duke boy liked this and would loved it, loved it in the Nesquag days to enhance some of the hijinks for the mischief in the general league. I give this three and a half stars. I would recommend this to anyone who likes rock and blues. I am Big Ed. Listen and enjoy. Excellent. Uh, this this is a great album. I'm a, you know, it's funny that, I, and I was kind of talking pre pre show with you about this, but I I was talking about this artist to someone, and showing them an old clip of him playing live. Uh, uh, shoot, no, uh, scuttle button, and he's just. He's so effortless and so quick and precise. He's that guy's never. I mean, he was an old road dog too. I mean, by the time he gets to, you know, couldn't stand the weather. He'd been on the road for I don't know, six, seven, eight years, just constantly touring and playing and playing and playing. But the guy's never missed a note ever. It's always perfectly played. I, I don't know how to describe it other than that. Just. Go on YouTube and watch live performances of him. And he was a master of his craft. Yeah, but so is Double Trouble. These guys oh, that no, no. backed him it, were no slouch. This was no, no. This was it, a tight it, trio. No, I mean, they're, they're as tight as like saying uh, like a cream or, you know, um, you know, Hendrix sure, and James Gang. Yeah. You know, I mean. I mean, who else could pull off uh, Voodoo Child the way he does? Right, 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 right. I mean, Cold Shot's a pretty good one. This was an album, actually, um, I, I got turned on fairly young by you uh, through a mixtape uh, that you had handed me and said I had to listen to a series of songs, and Cold Shot was on there. And that led me down to a rabbit hole of a lot more Stevie Ray Vaughan. So oh, thank the man you. could play. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... You know, he's he's an unfortunate, tragic tale of you know aviation mm. and rock stars, and you know he he dies in a I I think he was a helicopter. Yeah. Um. I mean, and, and pretty young guy, and uh, I mean, really, really about to take off into another level. Yeah, because that album had just come out. Uh, the one with tightrope on it. Um. Uh, 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 Soul to Soul? No. No, no. That was before. Yeah. It was the one after Soul to Soul. Um, What's the last thing you did? I'm getting the old Google machine. Because it's going to kill me if I don't see it. Uh, was it in step? Actually, I think yeah. it was in step. It was in step. 
No, it was in step. So as it was. So his uh, first album after kicking heroin was this. Was was in step, and it was a fucking blockbuster. Yeah, it was as it was as good as couldn't stand the weather, if not better. Yeah, I didn't realize. So I went back, and I, you know, when you were told me you were doing this album, I was doing some reading, and he was playing. You know, and he he was kind of a more of a regional star in Texas, and not a national guy, and he was kind of struggling to kind of get a bigger name. And he was brought out to play at the Montreux Jazz Festival. And I guess it got I think mixed. Bowie. Yes. Bowie's so the you one kinda, that... yeah, So I you kind of know this story. So he mm-hmm. plays at ja- uh, Montreux, J- Montreux Jazz Festival, which is a big festival to this day, kind of like the New Orleans Jazz Festival. But they'll have other inroad artists. And, um, you know, it, it was kind of a mixed review, but Bowie just so happened to be there. David Bowie liked him so much and asked him to play on Let's Dance. I didn't realize he was an artist on Let's Dance. Did you know that? Big Ed? Uh, not until I did this because I, I went down the rabbit hole. Yeah, I I thought I knew a lot about the, the album Let's Dance, but uh, you know I, I learned that. So I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then I didn't realize he was working with John Hammond. Who's a? That's another big rock producer. And Peter oh, Frampton that. also toured with Bowie on that tour, the Glass Spider tour. Yeah. So I don't know. Big Mike, did you listen to this? I didn't get a chance to. Big Ed, this week was a hell of a work week. So I got home and. Uh, Ate dinner and I went to bed, so I did not get to listen to Stevie Ray Vaughan. Um, we'll have to go off mic. There was a lot of uh, a lot of drama that went down there. A lot, a lot of good drama for us to talk about, but not for yeah, for not the interesting show. for the show. Very not interesting for the show. <laughs> the people, yeah, it would not be good. So anyway. Excellent. Well, anyways, I was trying to look up something, but John Hammond, one of his kids, I thought I knew of, but I don't know. We'll get into that in another time. So, all right. Uh, I know I I still owe you an album. I'm going to get that sent over to you at some point, but, you know, we there's, there's no rush, I know, for you to – kind of review country rock, but this was the last week of Matt Woods's residency in the state of Florida formed his last show. He was with Matt Burke. Um, it was all right. And, uh, so he's back off to Knoxville and then to his next project. So uh, probably be six months before he's back here in, in Tampa. So, that was that was my live music experience for the week. That's cool. And again, he's for the month. Well, yeah, for the month, mm-hmm. he was doing. Uh, yeah, you know, sounds like it's going to be a podcast series. So talking about like you know songwriters talking about songwriting. So it could could be interesting. No, once I know more details, I'll share it. I, I have no problem sharing that one. That's I think it's a would be a pretty fun one. Uh, Subway Slam couldn't join us. I think he's uh, not not just 
practicing for this. Uh, rumor is he's uh, trying to get ready to play the role of Nathan Detroit in a revival of Guys and Dolls. No, oh, interesting. Uh, so stay, stay tuned. Are you being serious? Yeah, absolutely. Wow. That Subway Slam, multifaceted man he is. He's a man of many talents. Yes. And, you know, here's the thing. So WrestleMania, they there is a match with a mystery wrestler. Oh, could it be the Bye. Slam? Well, Seth Rollins has a match at WrestleMania, and his, his opponent is going to be handpicked by Vince McMahon. Oh, wow. So no one knows. There's a lot of rumors. Uh, Seth Rollins hasn't helped because he's been on Twitter showing pictures of probably 30 different wrestlers. <laughs> Some of them just female, too. No, like, wow. I don't think you're going to wrestle Asuka, but it would be pretty cool if she shows up. I mean, she is the empress. So, um, yeah. So, I don't know. Maybe maybe the subway's uh, out in Dallas. I want to I would see Stone Cold wrestle. I, you know, I'm wondering how that's going to go because between him and Kevin Owens, because Stone Cold's oh, right. kind of not just up there in age. I mean, he does have two really bad knees. Mm. I, I mean, just, that was other news. What's his name? He's not going to wrestle anymore. Up oh, Triple, Triple H. H. Yeah. Howard Hemsley, the however I've, I can never Howard, remember. Yeah. <laughs> he's got the craziest thing. Mm. Paul Levinskew. Or, yeah. He's he's. <laughs> He officially retired from the ring. I don't know if that means he won't do anything in the uh, behind the scenes, but he he's never going back in the ring. He said it was just too close for comfort with the heart. Uh, he he can't he can't risk it. I so I, I guess we were that close to losing him when he had this heart procedure. Wow. Yeah. Well, that just shows you these guys. It, it's for anybody who says, "Oh, wrestling's fake." No, it's not. These guys take a beating on their body, on on the outside, on the inside. They do. They 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 earn their money. Are you going to watch WrestleMania? I, I think I, I might have to get Peacock to do so. And uh, it's two I, days. Saturday. I know and it's Sunday. Saturday and Sunday. Uh, you know the one thing, it's gonna it's gonna be tough for Saturday because we have racing mm. Saturday night. So. Let's record it. Well, I'll record WrestleMania. Well, yeah. here, here's the upside on Peacock. You could watch it later on. Yeah. Do they? What do they do? Repeat it? They'll they'll end up re-airing it on demand later on. Now I'm not sure how long of a delay they'll wait for for the WrestleMania to be on there, but I'm sure I, it'll be on there within a week. I was gonna say I don't think much of a delay. It's it's they get it up there pretty quickly. Just like just like boxing matches that are pay per view and whatnot, it's a week later the match is on Showtime. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to the the Lesnar, uh, Roman Reigns match. Mm-hmm. Oh, on a side note, there's a, a, a Nate Burleson. I think it was Nate Burleson who's telling the story. And he was doing it on CBS Sports Radio. I'll, I'll put that out on our Twitter on uh, Beer Seats. Hysterical. Because they, they do a little animation with it, which just adds a, nice. a good little wrinkle. But it's a story about the year that Brock Lesnar walked away from wrestling and tried out with the Minnesota Vikings. I remember that. So, you know, it, look, Brock Lesnar is just an athlete. 
uh, you know, he was a NCAA collegiate champion at Minnesota. Yes, he was. Oh, yes, he was. Yeah, he destroyed college wrestling. Um, So he walked onto the Vikings and uh, they were doing as sometimes in you do these spring camps, they do it like a scrimmage. And they'll bring in another team and the Chiefs are in town and the receivers like just guys were just awestruck that they're like, oh, that's Brock Lesnar. He's a wrestler. Look at that. They're, they're like excited. He's there. But they said when he showed up, he was professional. He was getting into playbook. He was studying film. He was just another athlete ready to give us all. So he earned their respect. So they had the scrimmage with the Chiefs. It was a hot summer day. You know, he's like, mosquitoes are eating us alive. And uh, like a mini scrum breaks out. He's like, as it happens, actually all the time. It's like no big deal. But someone shoved then quarterback Dante Culpepper. Well, an unwritten rule in football is you you don't hit a quarterback. If you do, you know, if it's your quarterback, you're going to go and protect him. So Brock Lesnar goes, who, who just hit you? And Dante po- points at the guy and they said – uh, <laughs> and they said uh, he he then proceeded to take this guy to Suplex City right in front of everybody. <laughs> <laughs> he said all hell broke loose, but he said everyone in the team was fine to get in a fight. But they're like they're the the team was fine because they're like Brock, Brock Lesnar just suplexed a grown ass man <laughs> in football pads in front of everyone, just like all hell broke loose. <laughs> so uh, you know. <laughs> That, that's a Brock Lesnar story. So uh, I'll put that out on the Twitter at, at Beer Seats. You guys can enjoy that story. Um, I don't know if you guys have anything else. I, I think we're kind of. I think we're. I think we're there. I want to thank everybody for listening tonight, and everybody who's listening later during the week. Uh, yakety sack. Yeah. That's it. This is Warm Beer in the Cheap Seats. We're signing out. WBCS. WBCS. Have a good weekend.